Hey, listeners, this is a quick note to let you know that there's some organizational stuff at the beginning of today's podcast. If you're interested in just the interview with Johanna Bellensberg and the tech buzzword augmented reality, you're going to want to jump to eight minutes and 20 seconds, give or take. Welcome, everyone, to episode nine of Buzz IT Talk, the podcast where we talk buzzwords and the latest trends within the tech industry with the goal of helping businesses and decision makers go beyond the buzz. This is your host, David Weaver. Or, better phrase, this time this was your host, David Weaver. Before jumping into this episode nine, into the buzzword, um, we have some organizational stuff to get out of the way. This will be my uh, last appearance on the show as the producer and host and director, whatever, in charge of the podcast. Um, But based on the positive feedback we received from the market, we decided that the show must go on. So I will be passing the reins over to my colleague, Matthew Wittemeyer. Welcome to the show. Correction, welcome to your show, Matthew. Please go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Thanks, David. Um, I think the foundation uh, for me is that uh, I started listening to podcasts in 2013 um, to fill a 45-minute bicycling commute to and from work. I was a bit over music, and since then, um, podcasts have radically transformed the way I uh, gain knowledge on topics. It's just really easy to be sitting somewhere, whether you're on a bus, on a bike, on a plane, in a car, and listen to these things opposed to listening to music, all the while gaining a bit of knowledge. Um, That first podcast was NPR's TED Radio Hour with Guy Raz. And if you've never listened to it, it's definitely one, uh, not that I should be advocating other podcasts, but it's definitely something that's worth 45 minutes of your life every Mm -hmm. month. Um, Today, you'll find my podcast library filled with, with, with a plethora of podcasts, things like Planet Money, Radio Lab, uh, the Deutsche Welle audio trainer, as I try to improve my German. After all, all right. we do work for a German company. Um, but increasingly, really niche podcasts like the Postal Hub, um, which really just explores ideas in the postal community. And I think that that's where you can get a lot of depth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so from my perspective, sort of pulling back outwards, if we look at Buzz IT. IT is something that we're surrounded with daily. Um, It's redefining our lives, whether we like that or not. We can all choose to hide from that and put our head under a pillow or stick it in a hole. Um, But whether we like it or not, IT is there. Um, And it's all too often, particularly in business, that we get caught up on those buzzwords, whether it's, you know, uh, blockchain or artificial intelligence. We stop there and we don't want to know anymore. Um, I'm really looking forward to, with this platform, digging into those buzzwords to find out what they actually mean or could mean for business, for life in general. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Um, Before I officially pass the podcast over to you, um, I'm going to have you play the buzzer beater round. It's a segment that I integrated into the show that many of our guests participated in. 
over the course of the nine episodes. Should I be worried, uh, David? Perhaps. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, it just serves as an icebreaker and allows the audience to get to know the interview partner a, a bit better, and in this case, the new host of the show. Um, so I'm going to ask you a series of five either-or questions uh, that need to be answered within 15 seconds. So, um, yeah, they'll just be somewhat random questions, but perhaps a little bit fun. Um, do you feel up to the challenge? Let's give it a go. All right. So I'm going to start the clock, and here we go. Netflix or book? Netflix. If you could time travel future or past? Ooh. Future. Video games or board games? Board games. Reading or writing? Writing? Mountains or beach? Mountains. All right. We didn't quite make the the 15 seconds, I don't think. It was very close. But you said in the first question, Netflix. What are you watching right now? <sighs> I'm a serial binge watcher. Um, having said that, uh, I'm in the middle of moving house at the moment, and I don't have internet, so watching is uh, a big word. <laughs> uh but thanks to Netflix download feature, we have Mad Men, which I've oddly, being in marketing, never seen. Okay. So we've started Mad Men, uh, and we're about five episodes into season one, and it's going to be an epic binge. All right. So you paused on the reading or writing question. <laughs> well, actually, on the future and past as well. But first, reading or reading or writing. So I enjoy reading. Um, uh, like all things in life, if you don't read, uh, if you don't do something, it's really hard to, in fact, do that. So right. when I say writing or reading, you need to read in order to be able to write. If yeah, you never read, it's it's really hard to write well. Mm -hmm. um, so I do enjoy reading. Um, unfortunately, a lot of my reading nowadays is not for pleasure. It's for it's for business or, or for you know, edification purposes. So it tends to be. Uh, nonfiction. Mm -hmm. um, but that actually helps me because a lot of what I do on a day-to-day -day basis is writing technical articles. Right. Um, and so I do a lot of writing. And, and the more writing I've done um, in my career, the more I've actually come to enjoy it mm -hmm. um, and, and trying to find new and creative ways to express otherwise dull content, a lot of it being technical in mm -hmm. nature. Um, or IT-focused is one of the challenges I see in my role. But if you can accept it as something enjoyable, right. then it becomes quite fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe the last follow-up, future or past? <laughs> yeah, future or past. Uh, look, I've made a lot of choices to get to where I am in life. Um, a lot of those choices have been really good, but some of those choices have been really bad. And, and I've often taken the perspective that there's actually no such thing as a bad choice. At the time, or in in near hindsight, you probably think, "Oh, that was a bad choice." But yeah. we wouldn't be sitting here today if you hadn't done all of those things. And I I actually can't imagine a better place for myself mm -hmm. at this particular junction than where I am now. Mm -hmm. um, in my bio on the on the website, you know, I, I put down that that's more than just the the professional mat. That I'm a father, right. I'm a husband, and a podcast addict, of course. And you know, without that life portion, the, the father and the husband element, you know, I, I can't imagine how I would be as happy as I am. Mm -hmm. um, and that comes from all the decisions we've made. So you know, if I could time travel, I wouldn't want to screw up where I am now. So I'm going forward All right. with the hopes that I don't stuff anything up. All right. Cool. Well, 
thank you for sharing, Matthew. I think the audience got to know you a little bit better now, and I think this is my cue to sign off as the host. I definitely want to wish you great success with this podcast. Um, maybe I'll come back, or you'll have me back as a guest someday. I'm always ready to talk the latest tech trends and industry buzzwords. Uh, but in the meantime, have fun. And uh, yeah, thank you to all the listeners that supported me during the first nine episodes. Stay tuned for some more great content. Okay, guys, let's get the ball rolling, shall we? Well, today's guest is young. Her depth of knowledge paired with her market experience certainly make her the ideal person to help us explore the tech buzzwords of augmented reality and smart glasses, or as she likes to put it, assisted reality. Johanna. Yes. Welcome to Buzz IT Talk. So before we get going, I would like you to please introduce yourself. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's already been been fun. Um, so my name is Johanna Bellenberg. Um, I am Director of Marketing and Communications here at Picavi. And uh, I basically make sure that everybody knows about our Pick by Vision solution. Can you give me, in 30 seconds, the Picavi elevator pitch? Sure. So Picavi Pick by Vision is all about making logistics processes and also the processes for the people that work in a warehouse more easy, more efficient, and more ergonomic. So we have a visual guidance that gives the workers a lot of process security, and also they have their both hands-free for the actual picking work. Great. So today we're going to talk about some of the technological themes underlying that. Mm -hmm. um, AR, smart glasses, which by all accounts are two of big buzzwords at the moment. Um, but before we get into that, I've just had to endure the buzzer beater round uh, when mm -hmm. David handed over the podcast to me. So I would like to uh, take you through it. You up okay. for it? Let's go. So... The buzzer beat around, it'll ask you a series of five either-or questions that need to be answered within 15 seconds to beat the buzzer. Some of the questions will, of course, be related to today's tech trends or buzzwords. Some of them, not so much. Ready? Okay. So we're just going to start the clock. Online shopping or going to the shops? Going to the shops. Coffee or water? Water. Beach or forest? Beach. Ebook or paper book? Depends, but more ebooks. <laughs> Music or silence? Music. Going to the shops? Mm -hmm. Why? Um, because for me, it's always important how stuff feels. So I'm a, I'm not going to say touchy person, but I like to touch <laughs> the fabrics, for example, of clothing. I don't like the plastic kind of polyester feeling so i want to make sure that everything i get is feels good yep you hesitated a bit on ebook or paper book and there was a depends in there mm -hmm. but let's just unpack that um so i love reading um on my last uh, vacation i read like five books in 10 days oh wow um first i started taking a paper book with me because i just love Again, the feeling <laughs> of the paper. Um, but of course, it's hard to, you know, pack five books for a 10-day trip. Um, so actually, in that vacation, I transitioned from paper to ebook. 
Um, so at home, I really like to have still paper books. Um, but every time I go on travels, I make sure to put my ebook reader. Great. So let's talk about some technology. All right. Augmented reality and smart glasses. Can you give me your definition of those? Well, it's it's pretty hard because it's a very big field. Um, I think we heard a lot about um, augmented reality in different sectors. Um, so coming back to augmented reality and smart glasses, it basically is the same thing um, compared to, you know, if I have a, a game on my phone, in, including augmented reality. But um, augmented reality on smart glasses is a little different because it always depends on the hardware you have. Um, so there is, of course, we have those virtual reality glasses that kind of like block out your whole reality. Um, and then um, we have the augmented reality glasses, but they also divide in monocular and binocular. Okay. Um, so right now you can only have real augmented reality and I explain later why I say real um, on binocular smart glasses means you have displays on both sides of your eyes. Sure. So an example would be uh, an Epson Movario. Some people might have seen that. Um, and those are the glasses that are really up to having real augmented reality. Um, taking a little bit into account what we do in the warehouse, we have kind of like a um, sub option of augmented reality which we call assisted reality it's kind of like comparable to a heads up display in the car okay so um it's a transparent layover over the real world so um basically if you compare <clears throat> augmented reality with assisted reality you have an augmented reality some parts of the augmented reality melting into the real reality yeah um so an example for that would be if i have the ikea app i um can check if the red couch fits better in my left or the right corner in my living room yep um <clears throat> the assisted reality is as i said more a transparent layover over the real reality that gives me um, additional information about certain things. For example, in the car, it tells me, okay, in 500 meters, you have to turn right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the same on the smart glasses. So you have additional information about certain things, depends on what you do with them, but they're not melting into your real reality. So you can actually choose to ignore the information without losing the sense of what you're doing. I mean, it the only thing so I'm fast. not entirely sure of right now is it feels like the image is up here yeah. a bit. Um, it and is. Getting used to like looking through that image. Well, actually uh, you have to look up, but it, that's on purpose because when you just look straight, you, you don't have anything in your view. Yeah. And if you just, if, if you are on a forklift or something, then it's too dangerous if your eyes are blocked. Clear. In terms of the technology, in, in your opinion, how far along has it come? Is it at a point where, from your perspective, assisted reality and smart glasses is a commercially viable 
activity for companies or is it still in the proof of concept phases? Um, well, I can speak for us. Uh, we have over 50 customers, which basically tell you a little bit about the state of the technology. So we believe that the technology is ready and we are out of the proof of concept phase that we have like two years ago. Um, so today um, we, had a, we have a lot of use cases, not only logistics, um, but others like maintain, maintenance, uh, even hospitals that are using the technology and already getting all the benefits that come with it. We, we've set out to sort of frame this in a logistics framework, but you've brought up, for instance, hospitals. Mm -hmm. is, is, is there sort of an example that you can give us? Um, sure. I don't know what hospital it is, but I think it was in the U.S. Um, where they have um, the, the patient's information on the smart glasses. So they always have the information in their field of view um, with, yeah, just the information they need without having to, to get to the paper. Yeah, interesting. I, I can recall a similar, um, okay, it wasn't a, a, an actual tangible um, customer, but a, an implementation study that CETA mm -hmm. did in the aviation world uh, a few years back where they had VIP uh, passenger data mm -hmm. with their um, with their staff at various airlines, and they were able to provide that really very real-time um, instantaneous, they look at someone and they know exactly who they are, they know where they're going, that, that high level of, of service that you would expect mm -hmm. at that price point. Um, how, let's come back to logistics. How are mm -hmm. data glasses in combination with augmented reality or assisted reality um, changing the workflow in logistics? Mm -hmm. So the workflow, if we talk about the process, really the picking process, it doesn't change the process itself. So we still have to pick things, put them somewhere, and send them somewhere. Um, but what assisted reality really do uh, does, it makes everything easier. So you have to imagine that we all love online shopping, even though I like to feel fabrics. <laughs> uh, sometimes I also order stuff online. Um, so every time somebody orders something, someone in the warehouse has to, you know, get your order ready. Um, and we all know there is this big e-commerce boom, um, which just brought a lot more complexity into the whole process because people don't only order stuff, but they also send them back. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, we have companies that have like a return rate of 50 or 70 percent. So we have to make sure that process is covered as well. And um, getting the smart glasses in there, it kind of like keeps the complexity away from the worker and puts it in the background. Um, because we always try to, you know, make everything as easy as possible. Tell me a bit about Pick by Vision. Yeah. So how does it work? What are some of the examples of the use cases so we've been skirting around mm. use cases so maybe if you can get a little bit specific for me sure um so you know uh, let's let's just do a typical work day in the warehouse so uh, i arrive i get my smart glasses i get the picabi power control which is the battery and control unit for the smart glasses um i log on um and basically i get my first order so it could be compared to some people have 
paper picking lists or they have a pick by voice or just simple uh, hand scanner. So I get my first order. I have to go um, to, you know, shelf number H13, for example. The glasses tell me that um, with different icons, um, words, numbers. And then sometimes I have to confirm that I'm at the right space. D depends on what the customer's process is. And then... Um, so it's configurable? Yes. Okay. Yes. So every warehouse is different. Um, of course. Of course, in some ways, the processes are similar, um, but everybody handles it diff differently. So um, we make sure to, you know, first of all, do also a little bit consulting on um, the processes, uh, for example, barcodes, um, which we need to, you know, work with the, the smart glasses, verifying everything. Um, if we pick a product, I scan a barcode, I get a little green check mark on my glasses or a red cross if it's the wrong one. Um, and I'm basically guided visually through my whole workday. And um, the nice thing actually about the smart glasses is it's kind of like a display to go. So um, some people may know the pick by light um, technology where you have little lights on the shelves that kind of like light up and you know you have to go there, um, which is a big advantage. Um, so we kind of like took that advantage into the smart glasses and also the flexibility of a pick by voice because I can move around freely and I can, uh, the scalability is great. Um, but it has some disadvantages. So we only took the good parts, um, put them in the smart glasses, which basically leaves us with a flexible, tangible display to go. Yep. Um, which is pretty awesome because it plays into a net natural mechanism that we have because 80% of all the information we're taking during the day, we process uh, via the optical nerve. Um, so the smart glasses really play into that. Um, so yeah, basically I'm guided visually the whole day. Um, and um, Can I interject? Yeah, sure. Is it possible that the users through the excessive amount, I don't know if that's the right word, mm -hmm. but through the additional um, visual stimulus, is it possible for the users to feel overwhelmed or become fatigued from using the, the pick by vision? Um, that's funny that you say that because we actually reduce, um, what was the word? Fatigue. <laughs> no, not the fatigue, but the um, the information right. that people see. So right. we, we actually reduce that. If you, for example, take a um, an MDE terminal or a hand scanner, um, you have a display the size of maybe like two old iPhones or just one iPhone. Um and um, you have sometimes just green letters on black background or some are more um, on the HTML side, so it's a little prettier. Um, but there is a lot of information in there at once. So you have, for example, the, the shelf, the storage location, the product, the, the weight, uh, the, the number of the, the product. So there's a lot of different information in there. So if somebody new starts, you really have to explain them what each line means. Um, and the same thing with pick by voice, you have the same dialogue the whole day. So eight hours 
the dialogue like, okay, go to location A, confirm, pick three, confirm. So it's all day long the same dialogue, which is actually a big risk of fatigue. Uh, yeah. There's different studies that show that. Um, but we reduce all the information and really have a step-by-step guidance. So um, we go to the warehouse and as I said, we do a lot of consulting. So we sit down and say, okay, what information is really needed to fulfill that first step? It's like, yeah. okay, we just need the the number of the shelf. So let's put it there. Um, put a nice icon in there as well that tells you go there. So we, we minimize the words as well, um, which kind of like reduces also the language barriers because we know we have a lot of different nationalities in the warehouses. So icons are kind of like the ideal way to break those language barriers. Absolutely. And before we started an interview, you, you your colleague gave me a quick demo of it. And mm -hmm. the demo noticeably was in German, <laughs> um, but my German is not great. And the learning curve was about 15 seconds to sort of figure it out. Uh, very clear. Okay. Yeah, and just give me a barcode, right? And then, and then you get to the next one, which is in the red area and then the green. And of course, you can pick like like a wrong product. You can scan this again, and it will tell you, okay, it's wrong. And you can hear it. Did you hear it? Yeah, that's good, good. Yeah. So user experience is 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 obviously a part of this assisted reality that mm -hmm. you've you've built on, um, with the aim of improving the way the warehouse staff are are engaging with it. Do you, do you find that there's a limit to how long users can work with the pick by vision? No, um, not really. So um, since you already worn the smart glasses, you know how light they are. Um, they're actually 42 grams, yeah. which is a little bit more than the regular glasses I'm wearing. Normal glasses are around like 30 grams. Yeah. And they don't have a computer on board. It's just, you know, to make everything sharp and nice to look at. Speaking um, of which, I'm forgetting to wear my glasses. So wow. I'm surprised you can actually see me then. <laughs> <laughs> it's the up close stuff, like the interview <laughs> oh, questions. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so basically, um, everybody is used to wearing glasses. If they don't have any reading glasses or regular glasses, everybody wears sunglasses. So at some point, you're used to wearing glasses. And if you have a product that is slightly heavier than uh, the glasses you are used to, um, the acceptance is, is very high among um all the workers and I mean logis logistics shifts are from eight to ten hours so we actually have to have a product that is wearable which is funny because we t always talk about wearables um, but we make sure that the smart glasses that we have are actually wearable and also for that amount of time. Yeah. So y you hinted towards um, a high level of acceptance in your mm -hmm. users I mean can you give me an example? Um, there is actually, um, a very nice example. Um, I have, I just, uh, recently talked to one of our customers and he told me that they have, um, people that retired 
um, come in at night from like five to I think eight, he said, um, just of the fact they, they just don't want, they still want to do stuff. They don't want to, you know, retire and don't do anything more. So they come in at night and they, they love the product. They say it's, it's so easy. And, um, I was so happy a couple of days ago when we talked, um, because it still shows you, or it also shows you that no matter, um, what's, stage you have in your life um the product is really made for everyone i mean young people they have you know with all the smartphones they're so used to touching swiping icons and all this stuff so it's it's very easy for them as well we have uh ramp up times for like 15 to 20 minutes till everybody is really ready to go and work that's that's crazy yes it, it really is for an enterprise is. product i mean exactly. training yeah. times are normally measured in weeks yes um, and, um, and go lives are measured in months yes so go lives is another topic we have project that like you know go life kick off from go life in like seven weeks um of course we have longer ones um always depends on you know how how the IT departments are working together. Um, but we are able to, you know, implement everything very fast. And um, for example, we have another customer. Um, and I think that also plays into the, you know, acceptance box. Um, they measure really the the ramp up times um, in a percentage, um, which the goal was 100%, of course. Um, they compared it with pick by voice. So the, the headset that basically has the same dialogue with you all day. Sure. And um, they started in week one with already 77%. Okay. Um, compared to 50% at voice. And then after, I think three weeks they were at a hundred percent or two weeks some you know depends on who you're talking with um but the the interesting thing is that voice which is actually you know quotation marks just a headset um it took five to six weeks to get them to to a hundred percent um so even though we're talking about a product that some people still see as science fiction um it is very easy the ramp up times are basically zero and um you start off with 77 percent yeah now that's um that's really impressive we talked a little bit about at the beginning the the actual glasses so mm -hmm. the hardware that's enabling um the assisted reality that you guys are doing tell me a bit more about the glasses because there's there's quite a few options if i understand it correctly yes so um there is a lot of smart glasses out there. Um, as I said, we have virtual reality, monocular, and binocular. Um, so, of course, Google Glass, or as um, it really is, it's the Glass Enterprise Edition. So it's made by the company X. Mm -hmm. um, is, for us right now, the most ergonomic model there is. Um, so it's very light, it's super balanced, um, it's very comfortable. Um, of course, there's different models, um, but as I said, I, we make sure that the product is actually wearable. Um, so we still have to make sure that the smart glasses, I mean, they originated from a uh, consumer market mm -hmm. into the enterprise market. And, uh, you know, the 
the companies are still learning what it means to have such a product in a very robust environment. Um, so we also develop our own hardware to make sure that the product is enterprise ready. Um, so we we went ahead and developed our own cable um, for the smart glasses to connect to our own developed Picabi power control. Um, because smart glasses still doesn't matter what model you have. It's the same with our phones. The battery never lasts as long as we need it. Um, so we went ahead and developed this kind of like battery and control unit in one, um, which means we have the battery for at least one shift and also have, uh, you've seen it, those five big buttons on there, um, which are also uh, configurable um, on there. So the process is even more easy. Yeah. So we make sure to have kind of like this whole ecosystem around the smart class to have it enterprise ready in the warehouse. I just want to unpack a little bit further the differences between the, let's exclude VR headset, but mm -hmm. we touched on monocular and binocular glasses. Mm -hmm. Can you delve a little bit deeper into the technology side of, of what the difference is there? Sure. Um, so with the binocular smart glasses, you have kind of like a, a cinema screen in front of your eyes. So it's it's not just a little window, but it's, yeah, kind of like a, a very big display that stretches over your two eyes, um, which is kind of difficult for the warehouse situation because we have a, f a lot of safety hazards. So I have to see the forklift that's, that's coming on my right side. And with the binocular smart glasses that are still bigger than the monocular smart glasses, it's really hard to um, not lose track of my real field of view because I have this big screen in an overlay. Yeah. I just another question popped into my yeah. head. Again, I had the privilege of, of trying out the glass, uh, Google Glass um, version of, of the hardware uh, prior to our interview. I normally would wear glasses, and yes, I've left them off. <laughs> Does the technology work with people that, that wear glasses by default? Yeah, sure. Is it comfortable? It is. Um, we actually have, um, it's it's a special frame for this pr prescription. Um so you basically, um, what I always say, you detach the intelligent part. So basically the smart glasses from the frame without prescription mm -hmm. and attach it to the frame with prescription. So it's a process of like five seconds um, and you're ready to go in your own prescription so you don't have to go blind through the warehouse you'll still see stuff yeah we could imagine some safety hazards there. yes exactly um so yeah that that's also something that all the um manufacturers learned in the process of you know making the product enterprise ready so those are things you have to think of when you make a product for such a a wide sector we're going to pull it out now um, and take a larger view. Um, <laughs> and perhaps it'll involve some speculation. Um, <laughs> but you guys work with smart glasses and assisted reality on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And we've explored a bit about you know what that looks like in a logistics context. We also have talked a little bit about your application in hospitals. Where else do you guys see assisted reality really being able to to, to sort of enter a market and, and, and make a positive impact quickly? Mm. 
Um, basically, everywhere where you need real-time information um, regarding a process. Um, another very nice example is uh, maintenance. Um, so you have your process steps on the glasses, why you go through the process, or you have kind of like a floor plan um, of a uh, a plane, for example, and it tells you where to put the cables. I can imagine there's so many cables in a plane and you have to make sure to put them in the right position. So the glasses can actually help you um, make sure that you put it in the right position. So it's it, the glasses really give you uh, process security, process safety, maybe is more a better word. Um, but yeah, basically all the processes that need real-time information to make it easier. Yeah. Google, for example, has already developed contact lenses that can perform various smart functions. Do you see a future for smart contact lenses? Um, well, you know, today a lot of people still say the smart glasses are science fiction and I say the contact lenses are still science fiction. <laughs> um, I actually, when when I read the question, I was like, Google my contact lenses? I don't know. So I started uh, Googling it. Yeah, and, as we do. Um, I uh, found the article that they did that already in 2014, which is four years ago, which is like light years in technology um, for uh, medical you know, reasons because um, they their purpose is to support people that suffer from diabetes. So you can measure the the numbers um, with the fluids that are in your eye, mm -hmm. um, which is great. But there's still not a product out on the market yet. So it's kind of like an idea where things can go to. Um, but if we talk about using contact lenses in a warehouse or just enterprise environment, um, there's so many things you have to think of. I mean, there's, I think they set a little Wi-Fi antenna in there, but we need that Wi-Fi antenna to run all the time because yeah. we have a connection to the WMS. Um, so... I talked to one of our techies and he said, well, you know, Wi-Fi and also the display. So having the information there is the biggest uh, resource that really takes off all the battery you have. So I imagine a contact lens with, you know, a battery that lasts that long is like so big you can't even put it in your eye. So, I mean, it's it's a nice picture for the future that we all have those contact lenses, kind of like Iron Man. <laughs> um, scenario um, but I think it's still like a, a super long way I mean we're still talking about getting the smart glasses out in the private world absolutely um, I mean we established them in the enterprise sector which is very nice for us um, but yeah so we still have to get the the glasses out in the in the private public world um, but I don't want to say no to contact lenses in the future Let's pull this back one one last time. <laughs> okay. uh, last question. Um, and in fact, I'm going to ask you to give me a story. Um, and we're all consumers at the end of the day. So let's back out one step from the enterprise world. And, mm -hmm. and can you tell me a story about when you've experienced or used or interacted with augmented reality or assisted reality in your own life mm -hmm. um, and, and what the results were, good or bad? 
Okay, so I think the obvious example for that is Pokemon Go. Okay. <laughs> I think like 80% of Germany <laughs> went out and played that last summer. I remember all those big crowds running around with, you know, those big battery packs to make sure the the phone doesn't shut off. Pokemon Go came out when I still lived in Australia and uh I remember cycling to and from work and there would be kids just wandering and across the bike path. Exactly. With yeah. Very little awareness mm -hmm. of the fact that, that there's cyclists there. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's, you know, with the smart glasses it would be safer <laughs> because you have it in your field of view. You won't have to look down at your phone. Um but I think that is one of the the biggest examples that everybody can relate to. Um, I never played it myself, but I know a lot of people that, that still do. So You say that surprisingly. Yeah, because I feel like it's so 90s, but <laughs> it's still there. 90s would be the card game, wouldn't exactly. it? Exactly. But, you know, the 90s also feel like just 10 years ago. So Pokemon Go is kind of like, I feel it's over, but, you know, I have friends that say, oh, no. I have to catch that. Like, okay, go, <laughs> do it. Um, so that's yeah, basically an example how the the augmented reality is kind of like in the public consumer private world. Um, or as I said in the beginning, the the IKEA app that lets me put um, furniture in my apartment with my, you know, smart smart devices. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's a lot of augmented reality already out there, um, but a lot of people are not aware of th that they're actually using it. They're just using it because, you know, it's easy. Um, but they're not like, oh, my God, it's augmented reality and I'm using it. It's just, okay, let me put that couch in the, in the left corner of my apartment and see how it looks like. Absolutely. Johanna, thank you very much for your time today. Um, and uh, we look forward to the next time we can have you on the show. Yeah. Thank you very much, too. <laughs> well, guys, this wraps up Episode 9 of Buzz IT Talk. If you've got any questions for us or Johanna, feel free to comment on the episode page on our website. That's buzzittalk.com. Or get a conversation started in social media. We'd love to hear from you. This will also... Uh, informally wrap up what we're going to call season one of Buzz IT Talk. We're going to be back in the new year with a few format changes to the show. It'll largely stay the same, but we're just going to add a few little bits and bobs to, to add a bit of depth. And we're looking forward to bringing you season two. In the meantime, if you've got a tech buzzword or would like to be a guest on the show, feel free to email me at buzzittalk at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, thanks for listening.